Hey everybody, what's up? I'm Joe Longo. This is Eric Dupree. You might remember me from 30 Days of Inspiration. This is just apparently the Joe Longo show now. With Eric today. Hi. <laughs> so we're in Three Queens. We just did a little photo shoot of Eric, specifically for this. Tapping into Eric's mysticism? Sure. Magic? Maybe. All the sides of Eric. <laughs> Maybe the sides that not everybody sees of Eric. Uh, but I wanted to sit and chat with you really because of that side. It's very interesting to me. Um, so I wanted to prick your, pick your brain a little bit and just chat about what it's like to... First, is it odd to call you a mystic? Is it, is it weird? Um, you know, it's not, because I think for a long time, it maybe it could have been weird. Um, but I think the maybe older I get or the more people are aware of that part of me in our shared community, like the yoga community or like the Philly community, the less, you know, weird or awkward it is. And I think mystic is a lot more comfortable than, say, magic maker or tarot reader or dare I say like witch or magic practitioner or something like that but I kind of feel mystic put it all of that it's all right right you know but when you see those pictures no um, <laughs> you know and that drag no but I think because it's not this um, but I think well, yeah I think mystic is like really comfortable and I think it's like all-encompassing I think that it has like a lot of historic context that feels familiar and, and like good to people. So not only is Eric a mystic and a yoga teacher, it's an author as well. You wrote a couple of books. I have. I've written several. Right. What's the latest one? I was looking on your website. Mm -hmm. um, so the most recent like writing that I've done is I did an anthology where I was the editor. Um, it's called Finding the Masculine in Goddess's Spiral, Men in Ritual, Service, and Community to the Goddess. And it's um, groundbreaking in that many men of various like, wisdom traditions, but primarily like earth-based spirituality came together and they shared stories of how they have interacted with like the divine feminine and uh, how they define that. So everything from like Mother Mary to uh, Guan Yin to Celtic goddesses like Brigid and Morgan, uh, to familiar to yogis, um, Saraswati Lakshmi, um, to sort of the overarching goddess concept, mm -hmm. uh, greater than you or I. Um, and, you know, from childhood experiences to sort of reclaiming and re-identifying toxic masculinity to um, working out sort of like interfamilial relationships. And so it was a really powerful uh, experience. And uh, that came out in 2000 and the end of 2015 into 16. Um, and it was really interesting for me. I mean, I just went quick through the website, but that I really, that jumped out. I yeah. Really, I, was like, I think I want to read this book. I would like to read that book, Eric. It's a great book. And I can tell you that from that book, I am in the process of curating another volume. Because I think the work and the conversation is wider than the audience I initially tapped. Mm -hmm. Like, I initially tapped like a 
a, a small, mostly pagan audience of people and men, and I think that there now is a wider audience of people, and I don't think I want to use the word masculine. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I think that that has like a, a sort of like a really tight gender binary to it mm -hmm. that made sense then, but I think now as I sort of like talk to people and I see like men's circles happening and forming more, and I think back then when I, the inception of the idea happened, um, it wasn't, and so I think now um, as I begin to like reformulate the idea and I've talked to my publisher, I'm like, uh, I want to re-offer and reopen that anthology concept and talk to men like you and men like our friend Danielle and uh, people who have a different concept of wisdom work uh, to like, re like crack open that idea again. And, um, so look, stay tuned. So have you always felt a connection to like that divine feminine, divine mother? Um, so I grew up in a matriarchy. And I think that that is the, the primal source. So for the people that are watching, and they're yeah. like, what is, what does that, what does that word Matriarchy? Yeah. yeah, so I, I mean, I had a mom and dad growing up. My dad is super religious, and I grew up in like a conservative Christian religious family, but um, the head of my religious family was my mother and like my grandmother and decision-making happened in that way. And my dad was away a lot doing um, church planting. And so I always just, I grew up just in female, like encoded community. Mm -hmm. And women made decisions and were empowered to do so. And I think the key in understanding like sort of matriarchy or a line of women is that women are empowered to stand beside men to make decisions. and. So a big source of my understanding of um, spirit, not religion, but spirit really came from that place. And over the course of my lifetime, it's just evolved deeper and further and um, to be wider than the liminal space that we sort of say, like, God is man, or goddess is woman, or uh, all gender, no gender. I, I just see sort of like this encompassment of like, uh, the divine feminine is just um, all mother, mm -hmm. you know, that loves us all, and we all come from that space, and we are all seeking to return to that space, and that space is all love. And sometimes that's scary. You know, like I, I want to preface that. I don't want that to sound like a airy fairy new agey thing, like, oh, it's all love and it's all good. The same energy that creates is the same energy that destroys. It's the same energy that brings a tsunami that wipes out the village or like burns down the, the wildfire to create again. It's that same manifesting space. It's inside each of us, you know, the 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 good virtue and also like the virtue to be an asshole. Like, you have to reconcile that and I think that that's the power of the divine feminine to like understand like you're, you're all of it. Mm -hmm. um, expanding all the time. Right. I think that's one of the many reasons that I feel very connected to you. Yeah. Like the Kundalini practice is all divine, divine feminine. Growing up, 
my brothers and dad would be in the garage working on like race cars and stuff and I would be sitting in the kitchen with my mom and like her Bible study group or you know totally prayer meeting things like that exactly. I felt so much more comfortable there than in the garage getting my hands dirty my mom would joke around and be like Joe just doesn't want to get his hands dirty like no I don't and the conversation in here is so much more enjoyable than like hey give me that wrench right <laughs> but you know it's, it's so funny because like it's not um it's not emasculating though mm -hmm. to like not be in the wrench. Right. Like the conversation is still compelling and, and building sustainability and building uh, community. You know, mm -hmm. it's just in a different way. Right. And I think that that's the power for men's work. Right. Mm -hmm. The power for men's work. Um, and by men's work, what I mean is like you know, meeting men where they are, talking about anger, talking about frustration, talking about maybe not finding a job because all you learned was like how to work a wrench and then like there are no jobs with wrenches, so what do you do, you know? And I think that that's part of like the conversation with men's work and like the anthology that I worked on, the new piece that I'm thinking about now is like um, there's a lot to be said about sitting around the table and talking about like why we feel the way we do mm -hmm. and um, that's like, has for a lot of men been shut down. And so when I think of um, the divine feminine, I think like, how do we create more space? Mm -hmm. And um, so yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting, before I came here, I was teaching my Kundalini meditation class, and I always ask if there's new people, because Kundalini, you know, it's a, sometimes could be an out there kind of practice. Totally. And a woman brought her son it's hard to tell. Maybe 10, maybe 13, who knows, in that ballpark. And But I start every class by saying, you know, Kundalini is this energy. It's the divine feminine energy that resides inside all of us. And usually there's like one or two other men, but this time, this class, there's only one other grown man, and that's boy. And I'm thinking as I'm saying it, I wonder if he's picking this up and if he's going to go home and say to his mom, what did he mean by the divine feminine right. is in all of us? Just one of the, like it kind of throughout the whole class, that little thing was in the back of my head. Like, I wonder what this little person, if he even heard it, and how he might be processing that. And hopefully, it stays with him and realizes that that divine feminine is in us, and it's okay, sure, you know, to be a man and still connect with all of those things. Yeah, you know, and I think it's, it's important to just also mention because I mean, the audience is, you know, our shared audience is, is largely women too. Um, a lot of women don't know what the divine feminine is because patriarchy has silenced it. So I teach predominantly women, you know, it's my yoga community, but it's also my wisdom traditions community, you know, and I'll talk about, you know, we all come from the goddess or you are goddess. And the women have never heard that before. Just this past Thursday, I taught a restorative yoga class and the whole class is about um, alone, awesome, and complete within herself, the goddess, you know, spun creation. And, Women came up to me after and they're like, I've never heard that before. No one's ever said that to me before. And I was, I mean, it just like everything went out to cry. Because mm -hmm. I've heard these stories for years now. And I was just like, you're a woman of a certain age, much greater than myself. And this is the first time anyone has ever said, you are the goddess. And I was like, mother, come to me <laughs> and let me tell you all the stories that you should have been told your whole life. Right. So I think it's just, I think we're, we're seeing a shifting tide in how, um, women and men and trans people and people who 
um, live beyond gender are coming into their own, you know, divine generative self. I think it's great. Um, and to Kundalini, I just had this workshop on awakening our spiritual uh, spirit work, and you know, ego lives in the water of ourself, and it clouds our third eye. Mm -hmm. And you know, Kundalini energy fires us up, fires that coffee me up, and awakens that third eye to see. And so I just think, like, you know, like, people are like, oh, Kundalini, they're so weird with their white hats, but, you know, it does, it opens us up to see. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important for people to see, like, what do you see in front of you? If you don't like what you see, it's your responsibility to change it. Right, and is what you're seeing really just a reflection back of it, what you just it, don't like about yourself, which is, Let's move a little from mm -hmm. the divine feminine into, let's call it the knowing. Sure. And we, Eric and I talked about this the other day. Um, do, do you feel, does, has it ever felt like a weight on you? Like, I don't want to know the things. Or more like, this is my responsibility. Like, how does that feel, having the capabilities to look at tarot or literally just look into somebody's eyes and see what they're asking you to see. Not necessarily what they're asking you to see, but asking for that guidance. Do you ever feel sure. like it's a, like a weight or a burden or something that maybe you didn't want? Right. So I think it's two part. I think that the opportunity to tune into innate wisdom that's inside of us, you know, in wisdom traditions, like magical traditions, you know, we call it clairs, so like clairvoyance, clairsentience, clairaudience, all the clairs. Um, it's something that you hone. For some people it's easier than others. So for me, I don't really know what time that was different. And when I was younger, um, and I was navigating a lot of trauma in my life as being Know, openly gay in a hostile environment. I had a lot of, um, I'm going to say belligerence around it. Like I could see and I could feel and I could experience other people's uh, BS. And so it's very like, um, retaliation is not the right word for it, but it was like a tool that I had that you didn't need. So you were mean to me, and now I'm going to let you know that your shit stinks. Mm -hmm. um, but the older I got, the more I realized that um, I didn't see it as a gift, and I didn't see it as a burden. I just saw it as a facet of who I was. Like, Whitney Houston can sing, and I cannot. <laughs> but you can sing. A little. But she, but she, He's like, he can sing. She, but she's the voice, <laughs> and I'm not. Fair, right? Fair. Um, but but I can see other people's situations, and I can reflect them back to them in a way that they otherwise could not. Mm -hmm. um, so, what became clear to me and has become more clear over the years is that the responsibility, Joe, lies in what you do with it. So I don't read everybody's tarot cards. And I don't serve as an intuitive guide to just anybody. And I counsel people now who also are like me that you have to actively turn it off. Mm -hmm. 
so I'm not, I'm gonna hang out with you as your friend, and we're gonna drink beers, and I'm not reading you. I'm right. just not. Like I'm mm -hmm. not. In, I'm not interested. Probably because it's not my business. Even if you're really open. Right. It's not just not my business. Mm -hmm. It's rude, people. It is rude. It's rude. Somebody did it to me once. It at a concert, and I was like, you, you do not have permission to look inside <laughs> my soul. It's not your business. It's yeah. just not. Or like if you're dating somebody, not your business. Um, Rude. <laughs> so I, but I've had to learn that as a skill. I say the harder skill was to learn to not be in other people's business mm -hmm. um, than it was to like navigate the responsibility of it. Um, and I do feel it in some ways that it is an interesting responsibility, and there were times when it was scary. And I had a moment, I would say in my early 20s, where I thought it was crazy, and a, a teacher helped me figure out what it meant to um, hear and perceive and read tarot and to read other signs and symbols, and I had to study. Like, it's not like, you know, you, it's like anything, right? You are an athletic person, and um, so you come to yoga, and the practice of yoga is easier for you because you're inclined to athleticism, okay? Mm -hmm. But you still can get hurt, right? right. Because you're athletic, so, but you can still be a jackass and you know tear your rotator cuff. But if you apply skill, you can become better, and then you might be amazing. Mm -hmm. So people who work with me might be like, oh my god, Eric is like the psychic, like, whoa, amazing. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. You can, you can, you can write a referral. It's pretty good. But, but it's because there's like an innate talent that I've worked really hard to become better at through discipline and study. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think it's like that for anybody. Does that make sense? Yeah. answer your yeah. question? Yeah. So I think it's a combination of seeing responsibility, being ethical in the practice of, you know, applied magic, and then studying. When, uh, do you remember when you were like, what is this, where did this come from? Like when you had that first realization that you had a gift. Um, sure, I think the first, okay, here we are. <laughs> Like twice in like one week that people ask me like super intimate questions. Um, sure, yeah. Um, I saw a fight between my parents before it happened. Wow. Did you hold it in or express it to either parent? I, I, no, I just, I thought it, I, I saw it in my mind, like in like the, I was, I saw it coming down the stairs of the house we lived in. I was like five years old and I saw it. Like I was coming down the stairs. I remember the house we lived in. I can see it in my mind's eye right now. Like I was coming down the stairs and I saw this really like aggressive argument. And my parents fought, but never in front of us. Mm -hmm. So, but I saw it. It was really clear, like as if it was happening in front of me. And then I hid. I hid in the other room to see if it would really happen, or did I imagine it? And then I peeked over, like my living room to dining room had like these like cutout windows, like 1970, 80s style, <laughs> with a paneling. Some of you know what I'm talking about. And I like I peeked over, and I like I watched what I imagined in my mind 
happen in front of me. And I like, was like terrified and fascinated. And um, I have imagined, did this really happen? And I've done EDMR you know, to bring myself back to that place to see, like to verify that gnosis. Like, am I crazy? Did I make this up and did this really happen? And I've talked to my mother now, like, this fight really happened, right? And she's like, oh yeah. Like, it's not just, you know, a somatic experience in my brain that I've put there. That would be the first real time. And then the second time, um, I was like 13 years old and I was in, on the Cape, I grew up in Massachusetts, and I, saw these tarot cards in a shop, but they were round. They weren't typical tarot cards or, or you know, rectangular. They were round tarot cards. And I, I had a premonition about them in that moment. I could see like a more a mature version of myself with them, but I didn't know, and I, I couldn't stop touching them. I just kept touching them, and I just, and I asked the woman, I just, she let me play with them in the case. Like they were in the case, she took them out and I just played with them for like, I don't know, it felt like an eternity. It was like a frozen moment in time. Mm -hmm. um, there are only two round, real round tarot decks that would have been around in that time period. Um, one never made it to the East Coast and then the Mother Peace deck, which are used to be by Vicki Noble. And um, it's just one of those like, into, it was one of those like foreshadowed moments I don't read that deck, I photo have photographed it before, but um, it was in that moment that like I knew, it was like a download of information happened. In that moment I knew I didn't believe in the God that of my, uh, the God of my wisdom tradition that I grew up in. Mm -hmm. I knew the goddess in that moment. I knew that I would have a book come into my life shortly thereafter and I knew that um, I would have like a seriously deep profound and painful experience with a female wisdom teacher and all of that happened and it was like in that and I was like 15 years old and would that woman give me those cards and eventually I re-met that woman like years later and she gave me a mother piece tarot deck it was like the creepiest thing and creepy. It's, it's, it's creepy like, in the best way. way. Yeah, and all of that happened, and it's very like in my wisdom tradition, like the magical community and tradition that I'm trained in, are all like based around like feminist female magic. It's all like comes together, and it's so like one of these days I'll write about it. Like I'll like I'll <laughs> sit down, like I really write about like being a boy and like that whole world and what that means. But yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. For sharing. <laughs> really. I didn't mean to go so, Sorry. so deep and personal, but thank you for, yeah. for sharing with us. So if there there's two more things that I want yeah, to talk yeah. about before we before we wrap it up. First one is, if there's someone out there mm -hmm. that is feeling intuitive, like they haven't, mm -hmm. what advice would you give them to like where could they go? To to not be in person or just in general? In general. Like, if someone watching is like, I've had experiences like that and I want to learn more. Like, what can I, like, what would be something good? Let's say I want to learn more. I want to tap into more of my psychic abilities. Um, so I would say, like, the number one spot where I think anyone can go is, like, Mystic Dream Academy online. You know, it's like a 
Well, a lot of it is free. The guys that run it are wonderful wisdom tradi tradition teachers. They offer like psychic development classes. Um, they're inexpensive to free, and you can learn. Um, you have to do your work. You know, you have to just simply do the work. Mm -hmm. But uh, the resources are out there. You but they are. Them. Yeah, any they are, and it will repeat itself. And buy a tarot deck. You know, mm -hmm. just buy one. Anyone, 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 anyone you like, uh -huh. and just play with the cards. I played with the same deck of cards, not quite sure what I was doing for the longest time, and just step out. Mm -hmm. Nice. And second, I also noticed on your website that you have a little, well, it's a blog, but not a blog. Mm -hmm. What's it called? Tell me out. The, the, the like a subscription. Oh, People Dark Moon Rising. Dark Moon Rising. Yeah. Sorry, I should have known that. You should have known that. Dark Moon Rising. Yeah. Tell, tell us, what, what is Dark Moon Rising? Because I also, I was very intrigued by that. So, Dark Moon Rising is something that you can subscribe to once a month. And it's a, something that I send out. Um, and it's, the, it's like a moon forecast. It's a tarot spread. It's a... Um, mp3 of me uh, leading you through guided meditations um, sometimes it's a recipe and it's it's sort of the forecast of what happens during the dark phase of the moon and so for those that don't know the dark phase of the moon is what is the time at the end of the um, waning moon right before you see the crescent of the new moon so it's just this potent time it's like potent healing um, that i write all about and i send to people who subscribe to it so uh, it's like this fun project that I've been working on for a long time. And what it really is, it's, it's my personal practice that I've just decided to share mm -hmm. with others. Because people are like, what do you do? And I'm like, this is what I do. Yeah. So, yeah. So I bring it up because it looks so intriguing yeah. and great. So check that out on Eric's website. I will link it right there. Thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate it. Thank you for stepping out of your comfort zone. I know, it's so painless. And, and <laughs> so much anxiety. And hop in front of the camera. He wasn't nervous at all. Um, so thank you very much. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you and all that you're doing for our community. Thank you. And thank you all for watching. I will see you all next week.